The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. This is a special Know the Score interview as I'm covering the NASCAR All-Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I'm here with Telvin McKirkland, the number six uh, Ford, driven by Matt Kenseth tonight. He's a member of the pit crew. So, Telvin, uh, what's your uh, duties on the pit team? Uh, so, I'm a tire carrier, so my job is to put the uh, left front tire on and also the right rear tire on as fast as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you guys averaging right now? Uh, typically, you want to be between 13 and 14 seconds. That's money right there. If you're 15 or above, that's a bad stop. Okay. Now, uh-huh. as far as uh, you guys got one crew member taken away from you per the rules this year. Yes. So mm-hmm. how did that adjustment, how long did it take to get used to that? Uh, it took a while, actually. It takes a few months, especially, you know, we've been doing six-man stops forever. So losing a guy, you know, it's really different in our world. But uh, all in all, I mean, we adapted just to it, and the stops have gotten a little bit slower, about a second slower. But, uh, I mean, you still got to do your job at the end of the day. So it's a little different, but still the same in a lot of ways. Right, right. <laughs> so as far as during the week, how many, you know, times you guys practice the pit stops, um, you know, let's say after a race ends on a Monday, I guess mm-hmm. you guys come back and watch the stops. Mm-hmm. They kind of take us through from a race ends on Monday up mm-hmm. to the next race. Kind of walk, walk me through that. Okay, so like on a, a Monday, it's actually set up kind of like a like a real, uh, say, college football program. I played okay. college football, and it's exactly okay. the same. Like we go in, we watch film. Uh, we have workouts, and then we get film breakdown and go over that with the team. And uh, we don't practice on Mondays. Usually, stretch, foam roll, yoga, you know, recovery. Right. And then from Tuesday to Thursday, that's our practice days. And uh, we usually practice probably between six and eight stops, depending okay. on what scenarios we're preparing for okay. that race and what race we're preparing for, depending on how many stops we plan on doing in the race. And um, usually Fridays are our off days. And then if we do a next Sunday day, we'll fly out Saturday okay. morning to the race and. We'll stay over to the cup race on Sunday. Okay. So, so yeah. how long have you been a crew member? Uh, this is my third year doing it. Okay. All oh, right. Yeah. And you said you played college football? Yes, I did. For who? Uh, Coastal Carolina University. Okay. What position? Uh, defensive end. Okay. So how does sacking quarterbacks uh, relate to putting tires on? Uh, I don't. It doesn't really relate. It's We use some of the same movements. I say lateral movements. Uh, you want to be quick, first step. Uh, you got to be strong. But uh, it's really different. It's completely different. Okay. Yeah. Now, how did you get into this line of work? Uh, really, I uh, watched it growing up. My dad and my uncle were big race fans growing okay. up. And uh, when I was coming out of college, um, it was just something I wanted to pursue, you know. And I wanted an uh, opportunity to be in racing. I heard they were looking for crew members. And uh, came up here with Rosh Fenway and tried out for them. And it worked out ever since. I love it. Okay. All right. How many people did you beat out in the tryout? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't really know, to be honest with you. They just bring guys in. I mean, you know, it's not like a combine okay. here. It's uh, it just bring guys in every once in a while, try it out. If it works out, it works out. But if it doesn't, then so they'll let you know. What type of training? As you go from a guy putting his hand in the dirt to uh-huh. carrying a tire, what's the kind of the training process like? Getting out to practice or acclimated to it? Uh, it's mostly uh, conditioning. Like uh, we uh, run a lot, do cone drills in the field. If you believe it or not, uh, we do a lot of bike work, uh, versiclimber work, and uh, a lot of speed ladder drills, and uh, just a lot of uh, cone drills using lateral movement. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, man. Thank you for giving me some time today. Uh-huh. Here on Another Score again, I'm here with Mr. Tevin McKirkland. Thank you, buddy, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. It. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, now I'm here with the pit crew coach, Telvin's pit crew coach of the Ralph Fenway team for number six. What's your name, sir? My name's Scott Bowen. Scott Bowen, nice to meet you, sir. So kind of, uh, what do you do to kind of put these guys through the paces? 
Well, I think, uh, obviously, if you were talking about last night, it was a collaborative effort. Okay. Uh, team-wide from all of our group that go over the wall, from the over-the-wall guys, coaching staff, to our behind-the-wall support from our early teams that travel and uh, work on the cars. Uh, what was great about last night is a total team effort to execute, and we were fortunate to have both our groups uh, perform at a high level last okay. night. All right. Now, um, what are you guys looking for as far as these guys? Consistency, speed, all of the above? Uh, all of the above. Uh, obviously, what we would like to have is consistent speed, stop after stop after stop, and then you can build upon that. Uh, and this year with the new choreography, we feel like we're to the point where now we're actually seeing the consistency, and now we can go work on the speed part. Okay. All right. Now, as far as being the coach, what do you, as week to week, is there something new every week that you try to, you know, We'll call for the next week, or is it just an overall comprehensive program that they you know, when they do their practices? They said uh, Tuesday through Thursday are their practice days. Yes, they practice Tuesday through Thursday. Obviously, we have a coaching staff uh, consists of Cameron Cobb, who really directs our practices. Uh, Kel Uphoff is our tire changer coach. Uh, and then we have a gentleman named Brad Robeson who handles all of our development work. But it's a collaborative effort. Uh, it's a process each week. Uh, as a coaching staff, we have certain things we want to work on. And uh, we put a plan together and execute it during the week. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. And good luck to you guys tonight thank in the race. Thank, thank you. you. Pleasure. Hello, and welcome to this special interview on Know the Score. I'm here today with Ms. Deja Gilliam, MS, of NASCAR. She's the former Integrated Marketing Communications Coordinator, but now she's in the Industry Communications Department. Yes, I am. So tell us about the shift okay? and what was your duties in your old job and kind of what you do now at your new position. Yeah, so the shift happened on Monday, actually, um, while I was out. So officially Tuesday. Um, so before, I was doing entertainment, PR, some media relations, some events, um, kind of get some multicultural outlets to the track, multicultural us to the track right gotcha. and so um i think i kind of exceeded that kind of like like on a straight path with that and then it's kind of like well where do we go from here okay um i kind of like came in heavy with it just busting out outlets on left and right and then they put me in the office um asked me if i wanted to take the industry communication position i said yes of course so now i'm kind of helping with like drivers teams tracks like more front facing okay um, more intimate getting to know a lot more people in the industry okay on both sides right so right. there's nascar as the overarching and then there's like the teams and then there's the drivers but then there's also the tracks that kind of come in the middle okay um, so i get to have my hands in a lot of pots okay now is this gonna change your traveling schedule as far as your duties as far as week to week um, probably not so much, but if a track calls and they need our help from our team, we would fly out to go help them um, if a team. So most of our shops are in North Carolina. There's only one shop in Denver, Colorado, Martin right. Drugs Jr.'s um, team. So it shouldn't right now, but I'm sure it will. Okay. Now, I know you, you were an intern before you uh, started working in the uh, integrated marketing department. Mm -hmm. So were you a fan? Before the internship? Um, I wouldn't say a fan. I'm, so I'm from Charlotte. So this is race country. Um fan no i didn't know sure answer no <laughs> knew what it was understood it like when i grew up you know your jeff gordon's your tony stewart's your dale jr's um dale senior passed away when i was kind of young so but i understood it my granddad watches it a lot right but i wasn't a fan until i started working okay now nascar lately has had this push for diversity um how do you feel that they've done with that in the last few years um, i'm a product of that push so i think they're doing amazing um like i was kind of explaining to you earlier this is our biggest class of interns um 40, we have 40 this year my class 
class was the biggest, and it was like 26 of us. Okay. Um, and so we're going, this is our 19th year. Next year will be 20 okay. for the internship program. But so they kind of like mushed it all together. So Drive for Diversity is like the pit crew combine. Are you aware of that? Like, do you know what that is kind of? We talked to some pit crew members, and yeah, I guess it's their, their tryout basically where yeah. they come to see so if they like can. just like an NFL combine. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Just like an NFL combine because a lot of our athletes are, they either come from the NFL, CFL, D1 athletes, not even just football, but anything, right? right? And so they come through that program as well. Okay. So what about the day-to-day operations? You've only been on this new job for a couple of days. Yeah, a couple of days. But, I can explain the other one. But what about, uh, you know, brought you the most joy is feeling of accomplishment? Yeah. Um, media placement is, is, is something that I love. I didn't realize how much I loved it until something ran in print. And things don't run in print nowadays. And that was so exciting for me. Um, so that's a lot of joy for me. But Brianna Daniels is our first African-American pit crew female driver. Okay. Right? So she goes over the wall. She was probably over the wall yesterday at the truck race. Um, and so I asked Teen Vogue, would they come out? And they said yes. Had a whole immersion in Daytona. And it was just an amazing piece, right? Mm-hmm. So that piece spiraled into some pieces that will come out in a few weeks. Okay. Really, really big deal. And to know that I was behind that is, is like, special to me. Okay. All right. Now, talk about your HBCU experience mm-hmm. and how that prepares you to enter this world of public relations. Yeah. So I went to two HBCUs. So I went to Wilberforce University first. Um, that's really, really small in Ohio. It's right across the street from Central State, right? So. I um, helped with like, the basketball team. That's all we had. It was re- it's really really small. All we had was basketball, and so they kind of so kind of like minor league baseball. Where right. You have to do everything. Right. That's how that school was. So I learned how to do compliance and just everything, right? And so then I transferred to Johnson C. Smith right uptown here. Both my parents went there. That's where they met. So I was kind of like a Smith baby. That's what right. they call them. Like when you like the parents <laughs> have kids from there. They're called Smith Babies, right? So helped out with basketball there. Um, and so I actually had my professor out. He was my, my PR professor. He, okay. he got me into racing and all this good stuff. And um, so he kind of pushed me there. But it wasn't until grad school um, where I really was like, okay, this is this is a reality for me. Right. So what are some of the tools that you would suggest someone who wants to follow in your footsteps, some of the things they would need in their toolbox to get to where you are? Yeah. Um, first thing, have business cards, <laughs> like, on deck all the time. You never know who you're going to meet. Um I used to, like, wear my emotions on my face. Don't do that. You don't know who's in front of you. Like, it's kind of similar to how these drivers look totally different outside of their car. They look like regular people walking around, right? Um, And just introducing yourself to everybody. Just, like, if my name is in everybody's mouth, word is going to go around. You know what I mean? Um, But networking is the biggest thing, too. Learning how to write is also super, super big. When I was at Syracuse, we had AP quizzes every single week. Flunked them all, right? But that's how I write here. And so it translated to so writing well, business cards, networking. Okay. So how many years altogether have you been in the NASCAR family now? Um, this week actually makes a year. Oh wow. So you've yeah, done all weekend. that in a year, huh? Yeah. I've wow. done a lot, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, so thanks. a lot of drive, huh? Yeah. And so I think it helps too when you love what you sorry. It helps when you love what you do. That's right. kind of a tongue twister. <laughs> um, it really, really does. So I always thought of that I would be in like football, baseball, basketball, and I love those things. Mm-hmm liked NASCAR when I was an intern love it now right so so what's your best moment you've had uh, professionally or personally since you've been working in this year best moment man I have a lot of good moments I think you know what this probably isn't the best one but it's the one that's coming to the top of my head um so my mom like loves Bubba, right? right? And so I built this relationship with this PR rep. Okay. And so we were in like the fan zone earlier today, and I was like, "Hey Jeff, a lot of fans around. Hey Jeff, like, can we? Can my mom get a picture with with Bubba?" And so um, he's like, "Yeah, just you know, hop hop over the gate. Like, come on over." And I was like, "Dang, like I made it. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I, my name holds a little bit of weight around here. So that was good. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, have you done the pace car ride? Yes. So, my only pace car ride was in Daytona, but I got you next time. I got you next time. Um, but that was probably like the best, the best thing that I've probably done um, at track wise. Yes, we did the one in Richmond, and that's not even. Uh, two times the size of Daytona yeah, so I can only Richmond imagine it's like a work in progress right? so what's the what's the fastest that you went in the pace car did you look over um I think we were at like 175 and then he like hit 200 and he slowed down right so he hit I think he hit it because he was like like hugging the wall so he did it on purpose to just show us in Auto Club when I was in California they had Daniel Suarez do the pace car uh-huh. rides and he was going way faster than who I had <laughs> which is fine I didn't get in it but because I like I feel like a driver would scare me. I was screaming with like the industry person, so I know like I'd probably fall out if I, if I was in the car with the driver. Now, um, speaking of the California race, mm-hmm. you showed up on TV. How, I did, did show your, up your on TV by up? accident, but it actually did. So, um, so now my family watches the races. They didn't before. They do now that I work it and the entertainment piece. So we had Migos come out, um, Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. It was a lot. It was a lot of great things that I got to be a part of on the back end. And I was walking with, like, some immersion folks. Was not supposed to be in the shot. <laughs> and it happened. Now, um, we're here just a few minutes before the uh, NASCAR Open starts. Yeah. So what will your duties consist of for the rest of the evening throughout the All-Star Race and until the end of the show? Yeah. So this weekend is kind of untraditional for me. I'm kind of, like, helping interns. I um, have another outlet out here. He's doing some interviews. So we're make, making sure that happens. Um, and so he hasn't gotten immersed, right? So you remember how you guys did like the the one on one thing with right. like the guys that I had you set up with in right. Richmond? I'm kind of doing that just with him. Okay. Um, so like that. But next weekend at Coke, I'll be doing utility. So going back and forth anytime there's a crash to the infield care center. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Busy. Lots yeah. of busy. And so busy. like what we do on the communication side is like you see her up there. She's mm-hmm. kind of running it. We call her IMC lead or our track lead. Okay. And so we have a big group chain, and then we text like the state of the driver right okay. so takes the state of the driver she reports it out to the media center right and then they do interviews outside of the okay. care center care center okay mm-hmm. so that's how that works yeah okay oh, i always yeah. wondered how that yeah. relayed like information. they have like why well, you see she has like a walkie and an earpiece yeah okay all right so let the people know where they can follow you on twitter where they on instagram or yeah. you know email if they want to get in contact with yeah. you and, and, and talk about the immersion groups and the interns and kind of how you can get into that type of program yeah so start with interns okay. um diversity internship including female um, that opens up in October, like mid to late October. Um, and then it closes like January 13th around that time. And so, um, what was the other one? Oh, just uh, your duties as far as what you're going to be doing for the rest of the evening. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you said where to follow uh, me, right? Uh, yeah, in the following. Okay, so it's Bonjour Deja Vu. So, yeah. It's like, hey, Deja. Like, so when you like write me, it's like, hey, Deja. <laughs> so when I introduce myself, I say, hey, I'm Deja like Vu. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. So Instagram and Twitter is B O N J O U R D E J A H. VU, so Deja with the H at the end. Um, that's both um, Instagram and Twitter. And then my email is dgilliam at nascar.com. So Gilliam is just spelled William with a G. Right. And what does the MS stand for at the end of your title? Masters of Science. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bachelor, yes. graduates, and everything. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, the Masters one is, like, important. Like, so people have, like, their name and, like, MBA. So I was like, no, let me put my title on here, too. Right? right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Deja, thank you for uh, all the help that you've uh, done for the past couple of months with me. Helping me to this race to help cover it. To the Richmond race. Yeah. The Hot Pass. And hopefully we can continue to, uh, you know, talk to you and, and have more races in our future. Yeah, so. of course. All right. So thank you for joining us here on Know the Score. Thanks and for have having a Good evening. Thank you. Thank you.
uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Daniel, on that last restart, was there any point at which you felt you maybe could have taken a chance and tried to get up above Harvick when Denny gave you the push? Yeah, for sure. Actually, getting to the corner one, I thought I thought I was going to be able to do it, but he didn't help me. He helped him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was good. Just like I said, um, we're moving forward, and then for whatever reason, then he just disconnected from my bumper. And I did a very good job. The same connected all the way to the corner three, so. Uh, it was tough, uh, obviously, to, to beat that. Thank you, Joey. <laughs> Go ahead. I just need help. Hi, Mike. Hi, Cambria, USA Today. <laughs> Joey, can, can you see the possibility of this fax being used in the regular season racing? Uh, I wouldn't rule anything out. Um, you never know. I, I thought that, you know, I, I would say the race was really entertaining. Um, but most all-star races, in my opinion, are really entertaining. Anytime you put a bunch of uh, angry race car drivers on the racetrack with a million dollars in front of them, we're going to do some stupid stuff. And uh, so I, I think it's um, it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, passing in the pack. It was hard to pass or to lead. Uh, I noticed that when she's even some of the cars that weren't as good that got lead made it, uh, it was challenging to pass them. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, kudos and NASCAR for trying something, right? We as competitors come into this racetrack and say, you know, the heck with it, we'll go for anything. And uh, at least NASCAR had the same attitude, you know? It, it's the race that you have nothing to lose, and they looked at it that way. And um, I, I don't want this to come across like the, the race package that we have on, on normal weekends is bad. I think the Coastal 600 is going to be a great race. I, I don't really think this is this to that at all. Um, but I, I'm glad we tried something, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll go through the, all the statistics and, um, and, and rewatch the race. I haven't watched the race, but I know I went from the front to the back to the front to the back a lot tonight. Um, and there's some close hard racing on the racetrack, and I think the band's got a great show. Um, I, know I was working my little butt off there, and uh, was a, a good time, and it, you know, it's, it's it does level the playing field out a little bit from some of the teams that the, the powerhouse teams, which um, you can take that two different ways. That could be good or bad, but uh, at the end of the day, you still have you know three of the best teams on the racetrack and racing for the win. Uh, you had three great drivers up there. You know, you had everything that we typically see. Um, just the race is different, but I, I wouldn't say it's bad or good. I just it's different right now, and it's up to us to try to figure out what's best and what we do from here. Bob Parker, CSPN up two for Dana. Uh, first, uh, after the open, did you have a feeling that you could run this well in this race? And then second, can you just kind of sum up your day in Spanish? Every time I take join in English, uh, right, in Spanish, he comes back to me saying guacamole. He's the only thing he knows. <laughs> um, you know, in the, in the open, I feel like we were good. For whatever reason, once the sun uh, was going away, we were better. Uh, the first stage, the first trade up, we were just okay. I I didn't have the car I wanted. Uh, then it seems to me that the second stage, uh, the race are actually starting getting some shade. We get some side position and the car just changed completely. So uh, let me help us. And I and I felt like at that point, I thought of the, for sure that we were going to have something good to race uh, for, the, for the big show. Uh, 
but I really didn't know exactly how well because uh, I wasn't racing with uh, with the with, 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 with the best drivers, with the best cars out there uh, yet. Uh, it definitely was bad. It was it was pretty good. My car was handling extremely well. Uh, obviously, even better in up front. We just you know, in just different circumstances to be able to, to win this race. It's, uh, like I said, Danny did a very good job trying to push me to the front, and and, um, and it was working out well, but uh, well, I feel like Joey did a, a better job uh, pushing the four uh, up front. So, just uh, different circumstances, but I feel like we had a car that's going to be capable to, to run up front, and, and maybe with the right circumstances to win the race. The same thing in Spanish? Yeah, we're just saying Bueno, primero que nada, agradecer a toda la gente que, que, que nos ha estado apoyando, no solamente aquí en Estados Unidos, pero toda Latinoamérica. Eh, muchísimo apoyo de todos ellos. Contento de, de poder tener un buen resultado con mi equipo, número 19, Arris, Toyota Camry, Scott y todos los chavos. Tienen un buen trabajo, eh, ganando uno de los stages de, del, del, del Open y luego poder tener la oportunidad de, de correr al frente en el I guess either one of you or both, um, we know that they were going to uh, add the restricted plate for a mile and a half track. So, was there anything that you all prepared for that uh, maybe you ended up having to change? Did you uh, overestimate maybe a super speedway setup for this track? So just anything that you all maybe were surprised by track choice. Yeah, I thought for us, um, you know, coming into this morning, there was a lot of unknowns. Um, so honestly, Brad and I thought that we were going to tandem. Um, we thought that we were going slow enough that the cars would I handled plenty good to be able to tandem and, and push and hook up about the big spoiler, all that. We thought uh, that's going to be the game. Uh, and then we ran about two laps on the racetrack and said, I think handling's a bigger deal than we think. Uh, we were going faster than we thought we were going to go uh, in the draft, and the handling came into play quite a bit. And uh, we went to work on our cars and try to pull some handling into it, um, which uh, we did an okay job at. I think um, there's some cars that definitely handled better than us. Um, honestly, I thought the 47 car was. Maybe the best car on the racetrack, um, as far as handling, maybe not speed, but handling is incredible. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, it, it was cool to see that some cars were trimmed out, some were built for, for speed, and I think as the track cooled off, the cars that were built for speed moved forward a little bit, such as a short run, the tires don't get super hot, you're not lifting as much. Um, but definitely, it's a, it's a hybrid of the super speedway and a, a mile and a half, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so you got to somehow have a little bit of hope. Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports for Joey. Uh, Joey, Kyle Larson thought that after he squeezed you up there that you paid him back a little bit. Would, would that be a fair assessment with the contact you guys had? Well, then Nate Lincoln, um, and then I bounced off the wall, and then there he was. So after I kept me, I bounced off, and he happened to be there. So yeah. to defend me. So yes. <laughs> okay. Don Jeffries with uh, CSPN Media. Uh, for both drivers, just talk about how much uh, side drafting was going on, and if the bigger spoiler made that uh, greater or less than you guys feel on a normal week. I think I think I, I think it was 
great tactic. I would say maybe maybe as much as more, but different. Because um, we're going slower for whatever we should do. I don't feel like I was able to slow down as much as before. Maybe we were, we were going already slow. I don't know. But uh, I feel like it was fun waiting. Um, a lot of a lot of moving around on restarts. It was it was good. Uh, it, I think it was it was a lot of fun, and I bet fans loved it. Uh, definitely, there was, there was some some action out there. Uh, and uh, I, don't know, I mean, I feel like side drafting and stuff. I was actually I was very wondered how that was going to work out with the big blocks that we had in front and stuff. And I thought it worked out very well. What do you think, Judge? I thought the side draft was a little bit less effective, like Daniel said. I, I honestly think, I don't, I don't think it's speed. I think we're still going fast enough for it to work. I think the drag ducks have a big effect there. So typically, the air comes up over to that light, and then you can dump it onto the spoiler. Um, now it's coming out right in front of the tire, lower. Um, the air that's coming through the nose is coming out uh, there. Um, it makes it the side draft uh, less effective. Um, same thing that happened when we ran the Xfinity race in Indy with a similar package had the drag ducks in it. Uh, felt the same thing that uh, the, it just for whatever reason you had to be further up for it to work and it just wasn't as effective like it's blowing the air on the quarter more than the spoiler. Um, that's my thought. I got no science behind that besides just making laps. I don't have anything else behind that. It looks bad in the NBC Sports angle. Um, how much do you think the, how much did those 50 laps from the open did they benefit you in that first stage? Did, did you feel like you had a leg up on everyone else who had been in racing conditions yet? I don't think so because the racetrack, like I said, it changed a lot. I feel like in the open, the racetrack was on that transition from being, you know, uh, hot or warm to being, you know, cooling down. Uh, and everything I was learning uh, in the second, in the, especially the second stage, uh, when I felt like the race track was slowly cooling down, I'm sure all these guys that were watching the bus, the race, <laughs> paying attention in every single detail. And, and they, what I learned is that the top came in actually faster and quicker than what I was expecting. And, and I'm sure that these guys, they find out exactly the same time as me. Uh, maybe even sooner because they were watching everyone. I was still watching a few cars. So um, I don't feel like I have any advantage. For sure, I was able to adjust my car a little bit for that. Um, but uh, other than that, I feel like we were pretty simple. All right, anything for the press box right now? Follow up, Daniel. Uh, for, for, for Jerry, where did you watch the open from? And what, what, was, what were you looking for, for from that where you're watching it? Yeah, I went up to the spotter stand um, to watch the race up there. Uh, and like Daniel said, just to get a, a great view of it. Um, so we have no, don't know what's going to happen, don't know what's going to prevail. Uh, and, and I learned a lot, um, especially for the first two laps to figure out what to do. And honestly, at the beginning of the race, the 47 got in front of me, and I just started following him. I said, he's figured out how to pass cars. I'll just, just keep following him. We drove all the way up to third or fourth. I was like, this is working really well. Follow that guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, he was aggressive getting to the outside of cars, and that's where he was good. And I saw that he was going to do that. <laughs> um, from the from the open and um, he 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 did a great job too. So um, yeah, I was just able to, to go up there and watch uh, with my spotter TJ and um, you know just bounce ideas off of each other and say, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And what are you gonna say when you, when this happens? Just so I'm on the same page. So thought it was uh, it was good for for us. Um, it worked for us. Uh, so it's hot. Not as hot as he was in his car. 
to raise up front without dragging a lot of speed. Um, I feel like when you have a car like that, uh, you can run top five all day. Uh, it's very proud of my guys. I feel like you know, coming to this race, you have, like you just mentioned, a lot of unknowns and, and a lot of things to figure out. And, uh, and I mentioned this to my to my team yesterday. Whoever does the best job finding those things out as a driver and as a team, we're gonna be able to to win tonight. And uh, I feel like we did everything that we, we could. Um, if I will have to do the game, I'm not sure what I will have what, what I will do different. I was driving well, maybe a little bit tight at times, but I was loose as well. So um, I don't know. I feel like just different circumstances maybe could give us the victory, but. Everybody was so aggressive in the final laps, and I think we've all seen you uh, start to get braver and make a lot more aggressive moves this season to really kind of start to stake your turf. Was there anything any harder you could have pushed on that final restart coming off turn two, or was that as hard as you could have gone without uh, potentially wrecking both? And let me tell you, the second half of the race, I was racing as hard as I could. If I was wrecking, I was wrecking. If I was winning, I was winning. I didn't care about anything else. I was just driving as fast as I could. Uh, normally in a point race, you drive, you drive a little bit different, and then you, you throw everything that you got in your last part of the race. So here, I just throw that into earlier. And it worked out well, but uh, like I said, we just need a little bit more, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure where, maybe a little bit power, I'm not sure. We just need a little bit more, uh, like I said, joy. And Kevin, they did, uh, did a good job connecting, and, and they moved to the front, so uh, I feel like just maybe different people of country with all thoughts. Who knows? Anything for the press box? I don't want to leave you guys out. In the back, one more. All right, after today, or uh, Cam the me for RubbingsRacing.com. After today, uh, would you guys be comfortable with this package returning next year for the All-Star Race? And if so, would you uh, like to see any tinkering uh, towards one direction or the other? <laughs> um, I think it's too soon to tell right now. Um, I think there is some tweaking. Uh, personally, I would like to get rid of the drag, the drag ducks, just to try it. Uh, I don't think that might. I don't think that's the right direction. But um, maybe it is. Uh, you don't know until you try it. Um, I thought the racing was pretty entertaining um, from the driver's seat. I would assume from TV and from the grandstand, it's probably pretty entertaining. Uh, like Daniel said, some of it's because you got a bunch of drivers out there that got nothing to lose, and you fire up really early in the race, and you run 90 laps at 110. percent You know, that's why I about crashed three times, and um, you know, because we're all racing that way. And, you know, that's the product you get when you have a short race and, uh, and no points, right? And a million dollars. So uh, that, that part has a huge effect on how this this whole race, but. I, I don't see that it was bad. Um, it was just, like I said, it was different. Um, and I think there's some small tweaks we can make to make it even better. Thank you. All right, thank you guys. A lot of hard work went into this, particularly for the industry. You know, Marcus Smith's going to talk to y'all and, and applaud his leadership. But um, I'm up here talking about the race, but I think there's some folks that I think most people know at the RD Center, but Gene Stephanie, John Probst, Chris Pavilion, Scott Miller. And, I think the, the guy who put the most work into this is Derek Jacuzzi. Um, and the young guy who's got a lot of talent and took a lot of risks for us and put a lot into this. So proud of what, what Eric did and, and really leading the industry to get to where we are tonight. 
and also would say very appreciative of the entire industry for at least having us try this uh, for a race. So from an eye test, uh, we were certainly pleased with what we saw. I think you'll hear drivers say, uh, you know, directionally there's some things we can look at. We agree. Uh, but we'd certainly uh, say we've got to take time to, to digest what we saw, look at a lot of the facts, and see where we go from here. Okay. So we'll uh, open it right up for questions. Please raise your hands, take your name and affiliation. We'll start with Caleb, and then we'll go to Bob and Doug. Caleb, in the middle. In the middle. Caleb Whistler kicking the tires about that. You obviously said that there's tinkering that needs to be done with this package. What kind of things are you guys looking at? I think it's it's really premature. I mean, we just just got off the racetrack. I mean, but if you, if you look at even going through the stats, you know, we we haven't had a chance to, to look through a lot. But you know, you throw one out that we had zero lead changes at the loops last year. We had 38. Um, so over the last four years, that's more than the last four years. Pretty good data when when you look at that. And we also look at some of the being uh, able to approach the leader. What are some of those challenges um, we, we may want to look at? But. Certainly uh, from 1st to 10th throughout the night, much closer. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the best teams and the best drivers are going to go out there and win. And, and we also saw that tonight. Okay, we'll continue with Bob. Bob Hopper, CSPN. Steve, where do you go from here? And like, what would be the timeline if you wanted to integrate any of the <coughs> concepts into the 2019 package? Good question. I think one of the things... In, getting to tonight and talking to the industry was we knew going in that we had a lot of data through what Eric did and, and a lot of CFD data, um, but with, particularly with the OEMs, a lot of things still to work on, depending on what you saw on the track. Uh, didn't want to push too much on what we do because we didn't know what we would see on track. So I would say now, you know, directionally, you do like some of the things you see, and now you've got to get together with the industry, uh, debrief like we always do with the race teams, the drivers, um, certainly listen to the tracks and the fans. Uh, and then the OEMs to talk about how do we uh, continue to look at this and look at it in a smart way, look at it in an efficient way. So can't really put a timetable on it, Bob, other than we know that uh, we've got some meetings set up uh, that were contingent upon what we saw tonight. Those will take place, uh, and then we'll try to put a timeline together uh, to look towards 2019. Over to Dustin. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Steve, for, for fans who watched tonight's race and liked it maybe better than what maybe, I guess, a normal mile and a half, would want to know why this can't be implemented sooner, or I guess, how, how would you, what would you tell them, who, of these people who saw tonight and said, we want more of this, and we want more of this now? Well, I, I'd probably wait to see that, first of all. Again, we just got done with the race, but I think I, I just, I answered that with Bob, that we've got a process in place and, and talked to the industry about what we wanted to do to see if the direction of this was right. Uh, so you don't want to assume that uh, what you put on track is, is going to be a home run. We certainly hoped it would be, um, but there's certainly some things that you look at that, that you can tweak if you went this route. So for us, you know, we've got to take the time, be smart about this, really look at it, uh, and see where we can go from here. Um, but I think, Dustin, it's fair to say that this is something we absolutely want to look at. We'll go to Jerry, and then over to the left. Jerry Jordan, King, and PRN. Talk to Mark Trish, Jr. He said it was very racy, and he, he, he liked it. He had some ideas, obviously. But for you guys up in the box, where you could see it just like the rest of the, the fans and the, the drivers in the field, were y'all high fiving? Were y'all thinking, "Hey, this is we we we're moving in the right direction here"? It's a good question. I, I think uh, no, we're not high fiving because uh, you know, we got to control our stuff. Something, but I think you, I think you judge by the fans, um, and I think you look down the last ten laps, and everybody's standing up. Uh, Marcus has a suite next to us. Um, I can say that last year's All Star race was fairly silent. 
Um, I don't know if everybody stood or everybody was even still there. Uh, it was packed. We heard screaming in the in the uh, suite next to us. So people were enthused. And I think the, the one thing is, you know, you saw Kevin Harvick go out there and, and win, and he certainly dominated this year. But you didn't know who was going to win that race in turn three. Um, and, and you saw drivers out there competing. You saw three lead changes uh, in one lap at the end of the third stage. So, you know, a lot of drama built in. And for us in race control, I think you, you look at it, Jerry, and you certainly um, saw things every lap that, that you wanted to watch a number of spots on the racetrack. Over to the left, and then over to Nate. Um, you probably mentioned... Uh, well, Joey actually mentioned up here earlier that you know that this is a naturally more exciting race with everything that's on the line and no points. How do you kind of adjust how you view the excitement in this race compared to what you would see incorporated in the package in the actual points race? I think if you uh, if you ask Joey uh, Sunday night, go at 600, if he's going to race just as hard he is. I think each and every race, we've got the best race drivers in the world who are going to go out there and go after it each and every lap. So... Um, this race package, I think it's important for, for people to know. We saw a lot of things um, even coming into this about this being a super speedway package. That's not the intent. Uh, the intent for us was really to look at taking the best of our short tracks, taking the best of the super speedways, and trying to find that balance where you could bring the cars closer together. Uh, you were not going to see, we didn't expect to see pack racing. We expected the best cars would still win, but we thought they'd be running closer together, and we saw that tonight. And so that was the goal of this, and, and the goal will be to continue to look at how we can continue to dial that in. Dave Jacobs. Uh, Dave Ryan, NBC Sports. Two for you, Steve. One, uh, I understand what you're saying about uh, lead changes uh, at the loops, but I think the Harvard led the final 10, and it seemed like once the leader got up front by a few tenths of a second, the leader was harder to catch, which... Would that be something you guys are looking to address, maybe? Yeah, no, we'd absolutely look to address that. You always want to see that. But I think, uh, I think Kyle Busch won the All-Star Race last year about 1.1, 1.2 seconds. Uh, tenth place was 1.5. So there's, there's a big difference there. Um, and, and I think you knew on lap seven that Kyle Busch won the All-Star Race. We all knew that last year. Uh, that was different this year, but still certainly made something something that when you look at this package, very similar to Indy last year, when you look at the ability for someone to get up to the leader and then that stall, uh, that is something we want to look at. And I'd go back also to, to looking at our guys with, with Eric and the crew. You know, this was a package really meant for um, the Indianapolis of the world, the Michigans, and, and we wanted to try this in Charlotte to see what we could learn. And I think that's part of what we would look at for sure. Uh, just real quick, is it fair to say that, it, that this package could be used again this season? Is that in play? I would never say never, but, but our intent as we've talked coming into this was to try this year and then really take a deep dive into how do we make this the best package possible for 2019 if we liked what we saw. And again, it's still very early um, for us. You know, you all watched the race. Um, we just watched the race as well, so we've got to digest a lot of information and see where we go. So Jacob, Don, and then up to the press box. Jacob Stillman, Speed Sport. Uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, bringing this to a mile and a half track compared to Indianapolis being so flat that this package would behave differently. Did it behave how you guys anticipated it coming in here, or were there some things that you guys may have been surprised by tonight? Again, still fairly early, but I'd ask Eric, I think in our really quick you know, five-minute debrief, I think you'd say yes. Um, one of the things that we looked at even uh, prior to coming here was the wheel force data from the car and 
you know, Eric went out and looked at that, and it was almost an exact match for us coming in. So we felt like we were on the right track. We felt like we'd see what we saw tonight. And I think the question mark was, can you potentially draft? Um, if you got behind the leader, you know, what would happen? Can somebody really get away? And we saw a mix of that tonight. Right? I think it was stage two, maybe, or, or even in the open where bunch of cars got loose, but we're able to get back up and, and close to the front. So a lot of things to look at throughout the field. Um, could you move from back to front? Uh, what could you do when you're out front? And so, so we'll look at all those, and, and each track has different characteristics uh, for sure, but you know, I'd applaud the, the team for getting us here and really seeing, I think, the results that we hoped we would see on track. Keep rolling with Don, and then we'll go up to a question in the press conference. All right, Don Jeffries from CSPN Media. Uh, Mr. O'Donnell, I saw the truck race uh, earlier this year in Vegas. Did that kind of spark some ideas about bringing that pack or closer racing to this track for the All-Star race? I know the package is from the Xfinity Series, but that race was very exciting, one of the best truck races or best NASCAR races of the year. So did that kind of maybe spark an uh, idea in somebody's head that, like, hey, maybe we could bring this to make Charlotte a better race this year? That's a, that's a great question. Uh, I think if you look back to where we were 2013, 2014, we were more of a high downforce package. I had a lot of discussions in, in the garage area about the racing, what we could do. Uh, we chose to go all really low downforce at, at that point. And that, you know, mixture produced some good racing, but some challenges as well. And when we looked at that, uh, one of the things was the speeds about uh, which the cars were going. If you look at Charlotte, Atlanta, usually higher speeds make it tougher to pass. Uh, there's usually one group. And so I think the angle that we all looked at, certainly at least what I hear from our fan base, is I love the trucks. The trucks are great. Um, I don't hear everybody, I don't really hear anybody talk about the speeds of the trucks. They say it's great racing. So that was the goal tonight, too, is, is to put on a great race, but also be able to showcase the best drivers. And, and I think it did accomplish that still early. Uh, but Kevin Harvick winning for us uh, is by no means a negative. Uh, the best team right now, and he went out there and proved Thank you. Okay, we'll go to the press box. Jim Mother at Motorsports.com. Uh, two questions for you, Steve. And the first one is a serious question. From the beginning of the Monster Energy Open to the end of the All-Star Race, how much have you been lobbied by Marcus Smith to adopt this package for next week's 600? He's, uh, he's staring at me right now. Uh, yeah. So so far, just a couple thumbs up, but I did like you. I think you sent a tweet with him dancing around, so that was good. <laughs> uh, and the reason I say that brings me to my second question. Uh, I know you talked about the process that you have to go through earlier, but you also know that this is an instant gratification world. So if there is a big buzz off of this race and people did leave excited about what they saw and you want them to come back next week, but they're not going to see the same thing, uh, is that hamstring in, in, in terms of NASCAR and, and the track? I mean, it's kind of a, it's almost a little negative if it does end up really well. Well, I, I think, Jim, I think it's a fair question, but I'd also say that we're proud of the race product that we have on track each and every week, and, and we always look to improve it. And one of the ways that you improve it and you do it in a smart way is to work collectively with the industry and to make sure that you have all your bases covered. And the last thing for us to do would be to roll something out uh, with a number of unanswered questions, and, and that would be the case if we did that. So we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of work to do on the garage area to, to make sure we're on the right track. We feel we are. I uh, want to make sure the OEMs are comfortable with where we're going in the direction uh, so that we continue to have that fair playing field across the board. But I would say certainly uh, the direction that we saw tonight is, is one we would like to pursue, but we need to have continuing conversations. And again, go back and, and really and really analyze everything that we saw. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a one hour eye test for us. You know, we haven't gotten into uh, all the data. That's, that's okay. 
Any more in the press box? All right, we'll go to Daniel. Dylan Patton, MT Sports. Um, so when he woke up this morning, what was your mixture of uh, excitement and nervous for today, especially given practice being rained out and all that? And the significance of what we were trying to do today? A lot of prayers this morning. From, uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, a lot of anticipation for the race because I knew how much work went into it, especially from, from our team. So was certainly uh, cautiously optimistic, but you never know if weather, got all kinds of things to look at. Um, so, you know, really just wanted to see it play out and, and knew that either way we would have a direction from this. We would know that this is something we want to continue to pursue or we would also know that we collectively tried something and it's not a direction we want to go. So I think all in all, um, you know, was excited uh, being in the race and, and honestly was excited throughout the race. I thought uh, every lap had something to, to watch out there on the track. Great. Uh, we'll go to Bob and then we'll wrap up the kid. They probably don't know if he's hard Parker CSPN, how many packages do you feel like you can have in the sense of, you know, if, if you want to go this route, how many races would you want to use it, or are you looking for something that you feel like you can use on short tracks and intermediate tracks and everything, but they come and tell me. It's a great question, Bob, and I think that's one of the things when we analyze this. We did a lot of work over the offseason, um, Bill Erskine, Gene, and crew with, with the engine builders to look at how can we be more efficient. Uh, with the engines and this was not part of that and so when you look at this race one of the challenges was are we going to create an entirely new engine package and that is not the intent at all so if we were to pursue this route uh, that's one of the things we want to look at is how do you keep uh, you know potentially a restricted engine uh, package and then you know just one other and, and not go to three different engine packages very similar to, to the rules of the race cars what they look like uh, you want to be as efficient as you can but also put on the best racing possible. So that's something we've got to look at uh, and make sure that uh, we can limit the number of packages, Bob, but but uh, certainly make it so that it's the best racing possible for the race fans. Um, and my question is similar to, to, to one that Bob kind of just asked in terms of, you know, when you have these conversations in the future about, you know, about this race package, what's going to be the, you know, what's going to be in terms of the, how, how should I put it, the, the conversation that will be had in terms of looking at what could probably work for Charlotte or Michigan and then possibly thinking, oh, wow, you know, you know, what could be something similar that may work for a track like a Richmond or a Bristol or a Martinsville or even, you know, or even one of the road courses? I would say it's it's fairly simple when you when you think about all that. And I think the team owners and tracks and everyone would say, would say the same thing. If Marcus Smith's phone's ringing that I want to get to that race, I haven't been in a while, that's a good sign. Uh, NBC and Fox are calling, saying business is good, ratings are good, that's a good sign. And if you're seeing more sponsorship uh, inquiries to the race teams, that's a good sign. And that all comes from race fans speaking up. So this is something that fans liked. Um, you know, hopefully we'll hear that uh, and we continue in that direction. But that's ultimately how you dial in. If it's 36 different packages or if it's three, uh, you want to end up on the right one. We believe that we can keep it simple um, with the number of race packages that we put together. We want to be as efficient as possible, but ultimately it's about the fans and, and putting on the best race we can. Thank you for your time. Have a good night. Well, you never know. You know, it was uh, pretty squirrely coming off a of turn two there, and he, I, I could tell that he wasn't going to let off the gas, and I didn't want him to let off the gas. And, you know, that was the reason that we chose the outside lane.
you know, we really thought that if his car wasn't torn up too bad, that he would he would be the best pusher. Usually every week, he's the best pusher on, on restarts and, and makes a lot of hay on, on those restarts. So, um, you know, he pushed us off of turn two, and the key was just uh, you know, being able to clear those guys by the time we got to turn three. And even if we did, I didn't I didn't really think that we were capable of driving on the bottom with somebody tucked up right against the right side of our car. Our car was super fast, uh, but you know really edgy and, and uh, in the wrong position would, would push the front tires really bad but if it was out in the front um, you know it was, it was lights out so it was uh, it was definitely a, a very tense moment but uh, we were able to get through the restarts and, and, and all worked out. Any thoughts about the million dollars yet and what you're going to do with it? Oh man I just like the trophy to tell you the truth. I mean I'll take the money for sure but um all the kids think it's the it's the it's lighting the Queen's Piston Cup, so uh, I'm sure that's what mine will think about it when he wakes up and, and sees it in the morning. So it'll be, uh, you know, I think it, the, the coolest part about it is for, for me is it's really I love the I love the the, the trophy and the money. That's great, but uh, seeing the effort that's paid off for the guys on, on my team and, and you know seeing a guy who's won a zillion races in his career with you know a bunch of different race teams like Doug Gates. Uh, walk into victory lane that guy just absolutely loves to race and when you put a restrictor plate on these engines he's just a guy that he just wants to just pour every ounce of it that he's got into it and from the engine shop and you know with Doug and, and all his guys and uh, then you look at our fab shop and, and the CFD guys and all the aero guys and everything that they put into it and then you you know like Rodney said then you give it uh, to the four team and then they detail it out and bring it to the racetrack and make a lot of good decisions uh, throughout the day, so hey, you know everything's everything's going our way. Um, we've got really fast cars. Everybody's executing, and you know the Vickery the didn't have a great first stop with the, with the tire getting hung in the fender, but they rebounded with a, a great pit stop on the, on the next stop and gained you know a spot or two there. And that's that's what you want out of an experienced team, whether it's the pit crew, whether it's the crew chief, whether it's the driver. Um, when something goes wrong, you got to be able to overcome it, refocus. And, and move forward. So I'm, I'm proud of all. That, that to me is more important than, than the money and everything that comes with it because everybody puts so much time with it. There's nothing better than seeing them all high-five each other in victory lane. And then I know it's looking ahead a little bit to next week, but if you win next week, the last driver to win three races in a row twice in a season was Dale Earnhardt in 1987. With your connection with Dale, what would that mean to you? You know, I, I think everything so far is just being, you, you kind of just have to laugh and, and, and enjoy it. And, and, and it's like I said in Kansas, it's it's kind of a game at this particular point because you, you know, you, you want to keep him focused on, on what he's doing. And, you know, I think, um, you know, obviously as if he's, in, in, you know, from his side of things, has, has been in this position a lot. But there's a lot of things that, that people talk about, you know, stuff like that. It's really about trying to, Come to the racetrack with the same mentality that you did. You know, it's it's racing like you're losing, and you know if you can if you can trick yourself into doing that every week and not get too high during the highs and and, and you know really feel like you need to keep pushing to, to make things better. Um, and that's really the mindset that everybody has right now, and, and they've all bought into it. And really, the whole company has, has bought into it. And it's almost just like ignore everything that's going on. You know, the cars are fast, but keep working hard to make sure that you have stuff coming down the pipe uh, to keep improving the cars because this whole garage is, is smart and, and they'll uh, they'll keep improving so um, and that's that's the great thing about it from the day that we first came to Ford um, it's been a constant progression and, and you know I see that progression as, as getting better not worse.
We're going to open up for questions. Start with Brendan and Bob. Hey, Jeff, Brennan Marshall, Charger. Congratulations, first of all. Uh, you know coming into this race isn't worth any points, but how does the excitement of winning tonight compare to winning any of the five races you've already won so far this year? Is, is it similar, or uh, is, it, is it different at all, or, or what is it like? How does it compare? You know, I, I think this was my 18th all-star race. I believe I heard that tonight. Um, and I, you know, I was 18-1. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've been really close to winning this race uh, a couple times that you know, we've been at SHR. And, you know, I think as we look at these guys, including myself, all put a lot of effort into, into coming in, into this race every time we've been here. Uh, there's something about winning in Charlotte. There's something about winning the all-star race and, and being able to to win on those nights where you just throw caution to the wind because you know everybody in the whole field is doing the exact same thing and they all want what you did. Uh, so we're two great teams. And you know, I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty neat. And um, I know how, how much effort and time that, that they put into it. And for me, that's, what, that's one of the things that, that motivates me. I, I feel like if I don't show up and give 100% and I'm not 100% focused, I've let them down because there's not one person in that organization that isn't given everything that they've got every day to make sure that that car is the best that it can be when it rolls out of the trailer. And, you know, if I'm not prepared and listening and, and uh, in there, you know, talking to these guys and having meetings and doing all the things that it takes to be a part of the process, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm letting them down. So that, that motivates me to, to make sure I don't let them down. Bob Parker, CSPN, in the second and third stage is when you were in traffic. Did you, you were making moves, but I'm curious, did you feel like your moves were daring at all, or were you trying to play conservative, and how did this race feel compared to, like, a Daytona or Talladega play race? Um, it was different, you know, I think as, as you look at it, it you, know, you know, the only thing I can really compare it to, once it got all strung, strung out, was Daytona of old, uh, before they repaved it, when you could dive to the bottom, and, you know, the, the, the middle and top was still going to be faster and coming up on the outside of you. Um, you know, I probably made a lot of moves that I shouldn't have made, but you know, you're trying to make something happen. I didn't feel like I was riding in line and the higher that I would move up the racetrack, the tighter my car would get. Uh, you know, so if I could if I could I could dive down to the bottom and, and make good time on the bottom, but you know, when they would all line up on the top, it would I wound up losing ground. So uh, really our strong point were the restarts. Uh, we were able to push and shove and, and, and I was able to uh, you know, be aggressive with the car uh, because, you know, the first six or eight laps it was, it was great and I could, I could go anywhere I wanted to, but as we ran it, it did, it kept getting a little bit worse in traffic, but you needed to do everything that you could do to get to the front and that was really the goal at the end of that third stage was to get as far forward as possible because we knew we weren't going to pit again, we didn't have any more tires and, and we kind of made our bed um, but in the end that wound up being the call that, that put us in the right position to uh, to win the third stage and, and be able to control the race from there. The key Balaam Comfort Tribune. Um, you've had seasons in the past where you know you've kind of had you know where you've been you know I guess looking up at other drivers because they were on hot streets. Right now you're on a huge hot streak, five wins now, six wins. Um, if you could take us through the perspective of you know once you know trying to get up to you know that level of where those drivers were, and now being on this hot streak, especially going into next week at the 600, where the field is pretty much pretty much thinking you know we gotta we gotta beat the number four, beat the man to beat right now. Yeah, you know, I, I don't feel like that's really the position that we've been for, you know, four out of the five last years. 
from CSPN Media. Um, you were one of the only cars who could actually get up to uh, the leader and make a pass on him. So just kind of walk me through that last lap in stage three uh, where you got around uh, Larson to, uh, you know, push you out front for stage four. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of like, uh, I've heard one of our golfers say this, uh, Chess Townley said this, it's, like, it's kind of one of those blackout moments. 
everything just happened, and, and the next thing I knew, I was on the outside or inside. I don't even know. I don't even remember how I got by. There was two or three passes that happened there, and I had a big uh, head of steam, and was able to, I think it was the 19 car. Yeah. Uh, was able to get up inside the 19 car and, and drive by. So it was, uh, there was just a, a lot of moving, shaking, and, and uh, bumping, and a lot of momentum that, that, that we had and we needed to to go somewhere, but I, I, I really felt like that we had to be really aggressive to get as far forward as we could. I'll be I'll, honestly, I didn't think there was any way we were going to win that stage, um, but getting all the way up in front at the end of that stage really put us in control of the race, and I felt like if once we were able to get back to control of the race, and if we were able to keep the clean air, uh, that was really the, the, the best chance we had to win, and uh, traffic was, we wanted to make another pass, that was the moment that was the race. Any questions for Rodney or Greg? If not, we'll let them go. Caleb? Bob? Caleb Whistler, Caitlin Tarso. Then, Rodney, this is for you. Kind of what were some of the strengths and weaknesses you saw for your team in this package, and how much did the lack of practice affect your efforts in this package? Well, I think uh, I think it ended up getting enough practice, to be honest. I think everybody at the racetrack and, and NASCAR did a, an awesome job of getting us out there. Um, you know, I think all of us you know, sitting in the trailers probably thought we weren't going to qualify yesterday and, and uh, thought we weren't going to practice anymore either. So, um, you know, we were pretty nervous from um, a lot of different things and not knowing what, what was going to happen if we didn't practice anymore. But, um, you know, we just felt like our car was fast. Um, you know, we weren't sure if it was going to handle the best in the world. Uh, it was a little bit too tight in practice, and we got it too loose, and then got it too tight again. So, um, but no matter the balance, it had a, it had a lot of speed. So uh, that was a, a big positive. Bob, I'm for Greg. If NASCAR wants to try to use this, some sort of this package or form of it, how many more, how many tests would you want to see before they make that decision? How many aero packages can a team, can organization deal with before a season? Like if they. You know, they have this for like six or seven races, and the other package, or you know, the other non-play races, and then play package. Is that doable from a racing standpoint? I mean, I think it's doable, but just a matter of what Kevin says, it's going to be different from other packages. It's a motor package, it's a body change what we race uh, on the So, you know, we're just creating more work for ourselves. Um, it just takes more resources. Um, it was good racing out, um, and the races are spread out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll all figure it out as a team. Don't get on us right now. Wouldn't, wouldn't be the right thing to do. Uh, it, it would be nice to go to another racetrack. You know, uh, everybody's talking about the Pocono or the uh, you know, Michigan is probably a pretty good place to stuff like that and have tried it. Um, I think we'll see different results at different racetracks. Yeah, I think the other thing that's going to happen this year is you're going to see that this particular package also show up on the Xfinity cars in Michigan. So I think that's a, I think that's another step in the process. And, you know, I think by the time, and that's my point by taking, taking our time with this, is I think by the time it evolves, you know, especially for the engine shop, that this particular package would look, need to look very similar to what your Daytona and Talladega package look like, and, and it would be it would be really nice for everything to evolve into a you know a you know a package like this, you know, where we're going to run it on the two miles or one and a half miles, and Daytona and Talladega look the same. So, how you can evolve to that, 
is way beyond me. But you know, I think that I think from an agent shop standpoint, there there would need to be something like that would happen. So, and, and that's the reason that you can't just say pull the trigger, let's do it. You know, it's just a, it's a it's a big shift to turn. Uh, so it would it would be interesting. Anything from the press box? JimOuterMotorsport.com. Along those lines, Kevin, um, what do you say to the fans to come away from this race tonight? And if there is a large buzz about what they saw, and they really like the type of racing they saw, and not going to be able to see it again for a while. Well, just remember this: there was a large buzz about the low downforce package that we currently race when we left the All-Star race. Line. So just remember that. All right, we'll go to Jacob and Mike. Jacob's going to speak for it. I've got one for Greg, and then I'll follow up with Kevin. Craig, you've been at this game a while, going back to your time at JGR. Have you ever in your career been with a team and in a situation quite like the run that not just Kevin, but the entire SHR group is on right now? That's pretty awesome. I don't know many organizations that have in their career with uh, you. This kind of success. So, uh, you know, it was a group that's been really cool. Um, so, you know, Rodney and Kevin accomplished what they have is, is just an unbelievable Kevin, for you, uh, tonight, I'm a little surprised to see you walk in here, honestly. And I don't know, I don't want to say subdued is the right word, but I, I'm, is, is it getting to be old hat at this point? Six or I got a. I got a four-month-old baby at home. <laughs> I showed up this morning. I had my little girl at, at I don't know, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Uh, I drove to the racetrack. I practiced. I went back, watched my son's baseball game. And I drove back for the for the driver's meeting. I had four appearances. I uh, sat and laid on the couch for an hour and... Uh, watched the race, and then I, I came back out, did driver intros, and ran the race. So, if your ass would be tired by now, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I'm, I'm, I'm beat. So, I felt like I gave a full effort today. So, if I'm subdued, I'm sorry. I'm really happy that we won the race. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for my team and organization, sponsors, and everybody, but I'm tired. <laughs> you gotta remember, I'm old. You know, when I leave here, I'm gonna go home, and if I drink too many more of these Bush beers, I might be asleep in a car. So. Johnny Sauter was in here last night after the truck race win and made a comment about right people, right situation, and that he felt that he was on an upswing at a period where a lot of drivers in their career might be on a downward swing. I feel like I'm seeing this, a lot of the same with you. Do you feel like right now that you're just getting better and better, and is that in large part due to the fit you found with your hops? Absolutely, and I'm going to try to be more energetic now that, that I feel like I'm subdued. Uh, you know, I, I think as, as you as you look at situations, he's he's 100 right. Uh, and you know, I think as as you look at uh, getting involved with, with Tony and Gene, uh, I've obviously known Tony for a long time. It took me a while to get to know that guy down there. He's the one just I think he just wanted to tear my head off. Has wrecked a couple of his race cars a few times. And kept his driver out drinking beer too late. Um, all kinds of stuff. So, um, but you know, I think as as we've it's been embedded in, in SHR as, as a group, you know, sat through good times, bad times, and meetings, and 
the thing about it for me is I get to be involved, and you know, I used to used to be an argument to speak your opinion and you know talk about things that, that weren't going wrong, that were going wrong. Now you talk about things that were going wrong, and there's an action list. Okay, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a meeting, and we're going to move forward. And just for, for me, I like to be involved, and you know, they, they let me be involved. And, and you know, our team, our four team in general, is, is a little bit different than than probably most teams because Stuart Haas Racing allowed us to build it from we didn't we didn't have anything. So we hired a crew chief. We recorded Rodney for I don't know, it seemed like a year and a half. Whatever it was, yeah, yeah. So it was a long time, and then we we got that piece done first, and then it was okay. Now you need to go hire uh, everybody on your team, and, and he was uh, on gardening duty, so he got to you know go and interview uh, every person uh, that that was on the race team to start with. We got a brand new tractor and trailer, and every nut and bolt in it, and every car was built to the specs that that you know were blended together with what he wanted and what Stuart Haas had and, and you know, the Hendrick relationship at the time. So every everything on our team was built around what we wanted. And, you know, that's not normal. You know, I think as you look at a lot of situations, you're going to have guys that are going to go into a team and you're going to say, well, you're going to get a few of these cars, you're going to get a few of these cars, and we're going to give you a couple guys from over here. And, and that's not the case. And, and when you look at it, we've got young owners. Uh, we've got a group of racers that from top to bottom, inside and out, that, that love to race cars, and that's all they want to do. They don't want, they don't care what color your shirt is, how many buttons are on it. Um, you know, just show up and, and do everything you can to to win the race, and, and that isn't normal in, in this garage. And you know, I think as you look at that environment that that has been created, it's just about racing, and everybody's into it. Everybody's everybody's involved, and, and it's just a, it's a special special place to work. So. For, for me, it's it's the same scenario. It's the right right people, right situation, uh, and we all have a lot in common. We all have kids. We all are very similar in age. There's not a generation gap from you know our ownership group or management or crew chief. Um, you know, if I if I told Rodney, hey man, I'm not going to be or or Greg, I said, hey man, I'm not going to be at the meeting today. I'm going to go watch Keelan's baseball game. They'd say half fun, and it would be like. You know what? If I'm going to watch my kids play football or baseball or basketball, and, and you have the opportunity to do that, that's rare, and you know that's not something that we all get to do. And so that's the type of situation that that for me I just feel like it works, and we all respect each other, but we all have a lot in common. We're going to wrap it up with Mike and Daniel. Mike every USA Today. Rodney, obviously the speeds were down quite a bit for this package, and there were some other differences. How did all that impact how you thought about? Things like tire strategy and good stuff. So, did you change that a lot or not? Yeah, I mean, when you look back at it, there's been a lot of work uh, behind the scenes. Um, I think Rex blew his computer up about ten times working on all this stuff, trying to figure out this package. And, and um, you know, is it going to be more about drag? Is it going to be more about downforce? And uh, honestly, it ended up being different than what we thought. Um, Folks on my victory lane. I'm glad it wasn't 600 miles because we didn't need a different car. Um, but you know, it, it was all about trying to figure out what was the right thing, and, and we brought what, what we thought was right. But um, I think the whole garage thought we were going to come over here and just run wide open for 80 laps, and it didn't end up being that way. There was a lot of handling involved, and um, once we saw how much everybody was out of the gas and in practice, we had to rethink what we were doing. And, um, 
he said at the same time I said it. We, we went out there and practiced, I don't know, 15 laps, and we put tires on again and just drove through everybody. And then the 42 put tires on and drove through everybody, and we're like, crap. Uh, our original thought was we were going to pit after the first stage, and we were going to stay out the rest of the time. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. You're going to have to have tires. So uh, it was a lot different than what we thought it was going to be. Daniel, the rest of uh, Dealing Patton with the uh, Sports. Uh, Kevin, uh, early this week, the, the next, this year's NASCAR next uh, class has announced two drivers that you've kind of taken personal interest in, Will Rogers and uh, Hallie Deegan, were named to it. Uh, what was what, mean for you, for two drivers, that you take each even a small relationship role in to have them get that recognition? Well, you know, I, I feel like our, our efforts, um, you know, from a short track side of things, uh, are paying off. And I don't think anybody would have known Will Rogers' name. Uh, if we hadn't run the, the Cajun West Series race last year, um, you know, and you know, I'm proud to be able to, to take him and, and bring him on the radio show and talk about him. And that, that's really the reason that we run those races. And you know, I think with Wins Bakersfield this year, uh, running around, you know, Haley is, is, she has a lot of potential. You know, and I talked to Brian, you know, periodically here and there, and they came to the house, and you know, she was on the, on the radio show as well. And you know, I think both of those both of those kids have, have a ton of potential. I, I, I hope that, and I think Brian is, is really uh, you know good for for Haley because of the fact that she just needs to go race and learn the ins and outs and deal with the right you know situations as as she moves up and not move too fast because she's the best she's the best female. Um, she has the most potential of a female racer because she gets it. She's very into what she's doing. It's it's not about you know everything else. It's, it's really about the, the the race car and how do I drive it faster. And, and she just got her stuff together. And Will's Will's the same way. He's got his stuff together. And he just he just needs an opportunity um, you know to to come out and, and show what he's got. So when they, when, the, when the road course stuff shows up, and, and, you know Will is probably you know he's capable of, of being in a, an expedited race or a cup race you know, in the right equipment on road course and, and he'd, he'd be you know a top 10 competitor in, in the right stuff in the right situation on any road course in any series so it's uh it's interesting to see but you know that's that's uh that's that's really been our goal uh, running the canyon races is to expose those those drivers to uh, you know, get opportunities and, and just glad that that's working out for us up well. All right, guys, thank you for coming in.